0: Hey, welcome to the Jesus Magnet Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Hillary, with my wonderful wife, Laura. How are you doing, Laura? Good, thanks. And we are in awesome Invercargill. We have uh, Pastor Roberta with us. How are you doing, Pastor Roberta?
1: I'm good. Very yeah.
0: good. Thank you for joining us on the show. Um, you are very special to us. Your family, um, as your daughter married my brother. So, shout out to Josek and Mal for, you know allowing us to unite our families.
1: <laughs> Good work, guys. Good work. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, um, yeah, Pastor everybody, you've got, uh, I haven't actually heard your story before, and you've been our pastor um, a, a little while ago. You pastored our church in Queenstown, which is two hours away from Invercargill. Yes. And um, you, did, you and your husband, Daryl, did both. Churches simultaneously. Yeah, wow. Which is amazing. <laughs> I think you ran one of the churches on a Saturday, is that right?
1: Yes, we'd done a Saturday night service and then one of us would travel to Queenstown.
0: Oh wow. Go, yeah. That's to be brilliant. there for
1: Sunday morning. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and how long were you doing that for? Just over two years, I think. Two years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is that two years? Yeah. And now in Queenstown we have uh Pastor Roberta's son. Bori Yes. And Kelly, uh, they are pastoring City Impact Queenstown and they're incredible. They got five kids now. Yes, now yeah, they do. Wow. Yes. I welcome honey to the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so we're a very close family, I suppose. All of us are sort of connected and, and it it takes to that next level when we say church family. Yes. With us. It <laughs> yes, we it are does. An actual church family. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'll just pass it over to you, Roberta. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and we'll just pass the baton over and right. you start at the beginning. Or wherever start you want at the beginning—that's
1: a long time ago. When I remember <laughs> how old I am? For those of you listening, um, I will next year is a big year. Next year I would have been married forty years, and Ooh. I will be turning sixty. Um, The church in Invercargill down here will be turning 20 because we came down and launched it on our 20th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. So um, that (laughs) gives you an idea of the age I'm coming from. Um, But the good news is is that God's not into age. (laughs) 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 Thank goodness. Yeah. So um, I was uh, brought up in a... An unusual family. Um, people would probably call it very dysfunctional. Though when you're in it, at the time you don't realise. Um, I was born when my dad was in his forties, and so my dad was a returned serviceman. Oh, okay. And so my dad had served um, as a young man in World War Two, and um, he had been a prisoner of war uh, twice um he escaped got recaptured and um, wow. so my dad was always different than everyone else's dad my dad seemed older than everyone else's mm-hmm. dad um, my dad always seemed probably sick he was pro- he was discharged he was something like 40 something kg when he came out of the
2: wow. of the camp oh, wow.
1: and um, so he was um... He was a very hurt man. He was a man who had seen a lot of things, done some things that he wasn't proud of that you do in war when it's kill or be killed. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so he actually, um, what I realised now, but didn't realise then, my dad was an alcoholic, and mm. my dad used um, alcohol basically to medicate himself because he was looking for he was looking for some peace.
2: Mm.
1: And um, so when my dad was sober. Um, my dad was very, very scary. Um, I would say he had, um, would have been diagnosed differently in this day and age. And those, that day and age, they just put them out there. Uh, there wasn't any help. So he... Um,
0: it was only after he came back from service. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah, so he had gone through a lot of things before he went. His father um, left the family at a very, when he was a very young boy. Um, so he had joined the Army. And he was um, actually like, you know, joined the army to find family. That's mm. why he had spent some time in a children's home. So there's a whole lot of things that set him up beforehand. But the war was the thing. And I got the opportunity to go to, um, to Greece and stand right beside a building that I had a picture of my father standing beside oh, wow. in his um, army days. That
0: oh, that's pretty special. And it
1: was very special, and I thought it would fill me with a lot of excitement and whatever, but I found it very, very sobering, because mm. I was thinking that was at the start of the war, and my dad would have been standing there thinking he was going on the biggest adventure
0: mm.
1: of his life, yeah. not knowing that it was going to
0: the horrors that it was going to
1: break him um wow. you know the, you know every ANZAC day we get together and we honor those who gave their lives and I'm all for that but I think in some ways we need to realize that some people gave they mm. didn't die but gave a lot. Yeah. they gave yeah. a lot and we're never the same again mm. um I look at you know 18 19 year olds now and I think oh you know when you look at Ukraine now, your heart yeah. sort of goes <clears throat> because I'm thinking these young men yeah. that ha- are being forced to go to war are, going, yeah. are the same age as what my
2: yeah
1: um, dad was.
2: So
1: he um, was in his teens when he went off. He, he was had uh, just turned twenty when wow. he went off. Wow. Um, so and he talks about his first um, his first taste of war was they had got into Greece. They were at a port. Um, they'd come in on a boat, um, and um, the enemy came in and bombed, a, bombed some boats and things around, and um, he said he can remember this man just splashing around in the water, and they got into a rowboat to try and go and rescue him, and when they pulled him up, the whole bottom of his body was gone.
2: Whoa.
1: So that was his introduction to Gosh. this great adventure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, obviously, as it's time just, went on...
0: That would stick with you, wouldn't it? Like, oh, I yes. Mean, yeah, the vivid, the vivid
1: images. He used to, you didn't always talk about them a lot. He didn't want war to be glorified yeah. in any shape or form. Um, there were programs on TV we were banned mm. from watching that were comedies about prisoner of war camps. Mm. Yeah. Um, he made us watch World at War and mm. watch all the Jews being released when they from a really early age because he did not want mm. us to think that Fair enough,
0: and today we have these, like, the biggest video game sellers are Mm. all about war, and Mm. it really would twist what Mm. it was really like, and definitely something that you shouldn't really be making money off Mm. (laughs) in in a lot of ways, but um, yeah, I could see that seriously sensitive subject, but to not have it twisted to know exactly what happened over there, yes, to not have it softened or... Yes, yeah. yeah, for
1: him to watch, you know, Hogan's Heroes, no one who's, unless the old will know who that was, it was, but it was a comedy show about being in a prisoner of war camp. Wow. And Dad would say, I saw men who you would call gentlemen turn into animals over mm-hmm. a piece of food um, wow. in, a, in a camp. And so for wow. him, it was, you know, he did talk about the comradeship mm-hmm. and the the um, friendships that you Mm. made because you were relying on each other to stay alive. Mm. Um, He pretended to be Catholic at one point. He was staying with an Italian family.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, they were hiding him. And he got um, appendicitis. And so they put him in a wheelbarrow. And the old man of the house put him in a wheelbarrow and went down in the dead of night and dumped him outside a hospital, um, or he would have died. And um, he pretended to be Catholic because even though there's a war on, Mm. people, obviously Catholics, responded to
2: Catholics, Mm. Mm etc.,
1: and so they operated on him, and that's when he ended up back in the, wow. uh, the camp. So Gosh. there's a family I'd love to trace one day. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <that'd be> <laughs> it would be amazing to do it. Um, yeah. To find the family would be a challenge. Yeah. But um, I do have all his war records, and I want to sit down and trace where he was. So because my dad was broken, he couldn't really be the dad that he should have been. Mm. Yeah. Um, I he
2: suppose they was, wouldn't have diagnosed PTSD or things no, like that. The, no, in no, those day. days
1: they just basically gave them a little bit of money and said, go out, and mm. do do what you yeah. need to do to nah. thing. And um, my auntie said when he first arrived home, um, they couldn't keep him at home because they felt he was too dangerous because he couldn't sleep in a bed. Um, he could only sleep on the floor oh, um, wow. because he wasn't used to it and he would, he would sleep with his rifle.
0: So and long... he would
1: get up and he would walk around the perimeter of the house. Really? Um, because it was so you're used to living on your nerves, yeah, I suppose, and to yeah. all of a sudden be told you can
0: just... How long was he over there for?
1: Relax. So he he came home at the end of the war and he went at the start. So. Right,
0: okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, um, so the reason I talk about my dad because it really did shape... Um, yeah what our future was like, what our our life yeah. was like.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so so I had a father who drank continually. When he wasn't drunk, you were terrified because you didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. You could do something and just set him off. Like a fly would come into a room and that would be enough to set him up. Wow. Because flies were obviously an issue when you're mm. Um, mm. in a, in a camp. And so, yeah, so... That's what life was like. and of course, because my father drank a lot, he had a lot of people around
2: mm.
1: um, the house Social. that you wouldn't probably want around your young family. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so there's things that happened in that in our family. Um, you know I can't talk for my brothers and my sisters, but I had experiences in that family that you probably shouldn't have had. Mm. Um, so I grew up with a real fear, um, especially of guys. And um, and so that was the setup for what mm. my life was like.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, then we shifted to a place called Oropoki. Now, Oropoki is a small town. I think mm. you've probably been through it. Yeah. Um, Oropoki, at the time, had a church.
0: So where were you before Oropoki, sorry? We
1: lived in um, Ōtānau. We lived in Riverton. We lived in Otago. Okay,
0: and then um, so you on that area. To... So always been in yeah. Southland. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah,
1: oh, yeah. My dad's not a Southlander, but this is where he came down to settle here in the freezing works. Okay, years yeah. and years ago. Um, and yes. Yeah, so um, get my thoughts back. Where was I?
0: Oh, sorry. Um, That's all right. You were uh, moved to moved to Oropuke. It's yeah. a small moved town. Moved to
1: Oropukee. small <laughs> town. Had a church. Yes that had in those days people wouldn't think it's big now but in those days over 100 people
0: yeah
1: in a town that might have had might have had 200 people in it yeah, yeah. Wow. back then, that. back then we didn't have the mega churches like yeah. you do now. Just um, the whole town, <laughs> so it was seen, and so and it had such a reputation. You know, it was like, oh, they swing from the chandeliers, oh, <laughs> holy rollers, the... So
0: ultra Pentecostal, ultra it?
1: Pentecostal, <laughs> yeah. and Happy and clappy. when I finally got into the building, very disappointed that there was no chandeliers <laughs> um, because you no. Know, Yeah, I wanted to see that. (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: uh, Of course, we didn't go because we were married to the. uh, You know, I was, you know, living next door to the pub. My father purposely picked a house that was built onto the pub. Shared the same wall as the pub.
2: Oh
1: wow! Um, So you know that suited his lifestyle, Mm -hmm. and um, so the only people in the town we used to see was. When they had the Sunday, in those days, a Sunday session is different than what it is now. People, a Sunday session was when everyone came to your house with their alcohol under their arm because they couldn't go to the pub. And so my dad. Oh, so you've got have... a whole
0: town that's more or less got this similar style as your dad.
1: Yeah. Well, he's he's purposely placed himself in mm. this place in right this next to a pub, right. and of course, where no matter where you shift, you always. It always attract Yeah, you, like-minded find
0: like-minded. you find like-minded. You find like-minded
1: people. Yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah. So every Sunday, my dad would have you know um, Sunday sessions. I learned how to you know pour a beer without getting too much froth on it. Don't know if I can still do that. You know all those kind of things. <laughs>
0: One of the skills that's totally useless now. For you. Yeah, totally useless for me now. Yes, exactly, exactly.
1: Not even something to put on my CV. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> And so um, we were in this small town and um, Daryl, my husband now, was also in this small town. And um, I was friendly with his sisters and we used to ride the school bus together and I was, as you can guess, quite um, shy didn't talk much, yeah. tried to wear black all the time because, you know, you think black makes you blend in, mm. <laughs> which it doesn't be. We think black makes us blend in.
2: Yeah.
1: And so um, and so I was very quiet and very shy, and we get on the bus, and Daryl was loud.
0: Please tell me. <gasps> he was It loud. wasn't just his loudness, but his luscious locks.
1: He did have They're luscious great. locks. Did
0: he? He did. I knew he, he would have.
1: <laughs> he had blonde hair. Yeah.
0: It's um, <laughs> so hard to, to imagine. imagine. <laughs> <I gotta say. laughs>
1: um, but he was—I think I—I I looked at him, and I used to admire him because he was just who he was.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And I mean, if he wanted to sing on the bus, he'd sing on the bus. Yeah. If it was school uh, photographs, he'd be the kid that would make sure as he was standing on the <laughs> end and looking really weird for yeah. the photograph. You know, he was that kind of kid, that kind of guy, and. Um, and I can remember him getting on one day, and I don't know what made me say it because I was not a Christian, and I said, "Oh God, I would like to marry a man like that." Mm. Gotta be careful what you pray for, people. <laughs> <Yeah>. even when, <laughs> when you don't know from, God, even yeah, wow. when you don't know God. And um, and I don't know what made because I didn't pray because mm. we weren't brought up in a um, you know, in a Christian home. Um, and um, yeah, and God answered that prayer. Uh, <laughs> 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 and um, and so we ended up going to an Anglican ball, and I was going with his sisters, and we all had tickets to this anglican ball
0: and so that is that the school dance?
1: No, in those days, the church, the Anglican church would oh. hold a ball
0: oh, oh, it's actually through the church, okay yeah,, yeah, yeah not
1: the church, right. not the raging Pentecostal church, the right. Anglican church ah, up yeah. right, and so all <laughs> of us young ones were going, and of course, I was friends with his sister, and we also. She had other friends, and so they came to pick me up, and it was Daryl's car. Mm. So, um and my friend had brought me some shoes because we didn't have lots of money, and she said, "I've got some shoes that you can borrow." And they were the shoes that that um, tie up round your leg like a ballet, oh yeah, like a ballet slipper. And um and so I was sitting in the back; she was sitting in the front. And so I stuck my leg through between the two.
0: Oh, yeah, two front two seats. Two front seats yeah. to
1: get her a tour. Right,
0: yeah.
1: So apparently, according to Daryl's story, that's when he looked around and thought, oh, wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. No, really. Now, if you hear
1: the story from him, it's like, makes me sound really bad. I did not dress to kill. I was not hunting a man. but <laughs> I was scared of guys. So I, you know, I wasn't looking at all. But if he, if he tells you that story, it's like... You know,
0: yeah.
1: Um, I feel embarrassed when he tells it because he, you know, Harry, at like with his stories,
0: yeah.
2: And
1: <laughs> and so we get there to the hall, which is just down the road. But obviously they had to pick me up because I needed shoes. Mm. And so we all get out of the car, but Daryl doesn't get out of the car. And we're like, he's got all the tickets. What's he doing? So my friend goes back and says, Daryl, we need the tickets, and he says, Tell Roberta to come back. Of course, I'm oblivious. No experience with guys. (laughs) Guys were scary people that you
0: kept away from. This is his move, isn't it? Ah. This was his
1: move. And I got back there and I get in the car and I turned around and said, what did you, and I didn't even finish my sentence, leans over, slaps a kiss on my lips. (laughs) (laughs) And that, (laughs) and I'm like, he said, you kissed me back. And I said, I don't know what I did because I said I was in such a... You know,
2: confusion. No, <laughs> yeah, confusion. Yeah, was not what
1: I was expecting at all. And so, um, this is brilliant. <laughs> we met. We always go on because this house had turrets, and so it was always like, yeah. you know, we had a castle. Yeah, we had a shoe. We had a ball. Oh, we
0: wow.
1: <laughs> got answers to prayer He does it quite dramatically yeah. doesn't. It's
0: yeah. <laughs> a like fairy tale. Yeah. <laughs> Kiwi Fairy Tale. Kiwi Fairy Tale, yeah. That's
2: awesome.
1: And so that's when we started going out together. And of course Darrell was involved in church, quite mm. heavily involved in church. And he had um had a real encounter with God. Mm. And so um so, you know, we would probably tell him to don't date her, don't date her So, you know, I don't know how you work your doctrine out on that one. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it did. He did. Uh. And um and so of course every chance he got he shared he shared with me. Yeah. And I can remember coming home one night, we'd gone. I started going to youth. And I'd gone to youth and um I got home and there was a hole dug in the pat in the in the paddock next door to my house. And you could see the spade and you could see the hole. Yeah. And of course because of what Dad was like my thought, which no one else would think, oh. I thought dad's finally flipped. Is mum buried in that hole? Oh,
2: like that's, it, that's sounds, it sounds, it yeah. sounds,
1: it sounds silly, but because he had rages, Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Uh, you know, I love my dad dearly. Don't get me wrong. When he was drunk, I totally,
0: Yeah,
1: that's when I felt we had the real him. Yeah and he would be Drunk Dad Drunk Dad was amazing Drunk Dad there was Drunk Dad and then there was there was Sober Dad Dad. Mm. and they were in my head two different people and I loved
0: Drunk Dad that's incredible because most people hate It's the
1: other way around. Mm. But it mellowed him, you see. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Because he was always angry, and
1: so it it mellowed him. So you felt like the drunk dad was the real dad. Mm. The dad that had washed away all the the terrible things that had happened in the Mm. war and was Mm -hmm. able to be himself. That's how you.
0: He probably felt That's that how you too. Felt. I mm.
1: think he did. You know, yeah. I can like you says, oh, I must have been true, But I can remember standing on my uh, dad's feet, dancing to music. You know, when you yeah. stand on their boots, and
2: yeah.
1: um, you know, I have some really happy moments. But they're yeah. all when he was drunk.
2: Yeah, yeah. never
1: when only he was. Only
0: sober. you can remember them. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, had a heart to people. Always tried to help people. Gave mm-hmm. away stuff all the time, but that, that and that was dad, um, except for when he was mm-hmm. sober. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was my thought. And I can remember thinking, Oh my goodness, you know, and I'm saying to Daryl, You know, I hope everything's all right inside, you mm-hmm. know, and everything. I go inside, and of course, everything's all right. But Daryl had started witnessing to me because obviously, fear all my life, I was scared yeah. of
0: everything. Hang on, hang on, what, what was he digging a hole for?
1: They had had a hungi.
0: Oh, And I'd
1: been away okay. all day and I Just didn't so know.
0: Just so hadn't shot somebody else. No, they'd had a
1: honey <laughs> And I didn't know that because we'd never had a honey before that I knew of. Oh, yeah. um, true. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was the worry. And, um, yeah, and so um, I went to bed that night and I went to bed asking a lot of questions. Mm. You know, like I was really starting to think, you know. I think that was sort of the catalyst of, you know, do I want to live like this? Do I want to live? You know, I really like this. And um, like I told you before, we lived in a house attached to the pub. So my bedroom had no windows whatsoever. Really? It had a skylight on the top of the roof. And um, I went to bed that night, and (laughs) I can remember just musing. And then I says, says, God, is this real? You know, like, are you real? You know, Mm. kind of thing and um and i sort of gave that up and i turned over to go to sleep and i closed my eyes and then i couldn't then there was just this white this white brightness like i can still remember it so vividly and I couldn't open my eyes. It's like physically, my eyes would not open because the it was yeah. too. You know, when you when you got a really bright light, you, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, you close your eyes. Yeah, it was like that. It was like this amazing white.
0: So going to the bathroom in the middle of the night, light the light on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like We just leave it off because I'm like, no, I don't want to wake up.
1: <laughs> but that's how bright it was wow. that I physically couldn't. Um, and this was for open a prayer. Eyes.
0: This when was, you'd gone home, yeah,
1: yeah, in just your seeking, room. just seeking, yeah, just wow. thinking, you know, there's got to be more, and um, and as I um, lay in bed, and that happened, and it was like this pounding in my head. I felt like something was pounding into my head, and all I could hear was, "I am right. I am the one."
2: Wow. That
1: was the voice that was? It was like a, it's hard to explain. Yeah. Mm. It's like almost an audible voice, but not coming from.
2: It's coming from like within almost? Yes. Yeah, 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 Yeah. really hard to
1: explain. Mm -hmm. And um, and I can remember at that moment, because you'd think I was scared of everything, you'd think that would have freaked me out. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what what is happening? Yeah. But I can remember just lying on my side and just having the most peaceful sleep I'd ever had in my life.
0: Wow. Total peace.
1: Total peace. Wow. In fact, I don't know if I felt the same ever. Say, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. You yeah. know? Um, and that was my introduction
0: huh. to Jesus. So, uh, Daryl had been talking to you about Jesus, yes. just you and him one on one, sort of hanging yeah. out a lot. And then yeah. just you in your private place, yeah. just almost heart abandoned.
1: Yeah. I think that's why you can't underestimate. Praying for people to have an encounter.
2: Yeah. Mm. Because
1: God is so desperate. Yeah. So so desperate mm. to get to people. Mm. And He can. Yeah. Like He done that.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, I sometimes think about it, I think, you know, it does hit me sometimes. I'm like, what am I doing for God? Am I doing enough? You know, because he really reached out to me. Like yeah. really reached out to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, that's Blows your mind sometimes when you think yeah. about it. You know, everyone says to me, What do you think would have been there if you opened your eyes? I don't know. Yeah. I know whether it would have been angels, whether it would have been, I, d- I don't know. Oh, true. I don't yeah. know, but the thing was, I couldn't. It yeah. was like my body wouldn't allow yeah. my eyes to open because I tried to open your eyes bright. with a
0: sneeze. Wow.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that happened, and then I can remember sharing it um, with a few Christians, and they never said anything to me. They didn't tell me what the next step was. Like, I had this encounter with God, mm. but what do I do next? Yeah. What, what's, what's next? Um, and then the pastor of the church had actually gone away that Sunday, and I went to church, and um, it was an elder running the service, and he had an altar call. And I'd been to church a couple of times, but I'd never heard an altar call before that um no one had made one
2: um
1: and none of the christians i talked to said hey your next step is yeah you know
2: so they didn't you you give your
1: life to christ you know that this Mm. is how how you do it you know there's no big formula prayer but it's Mm. a matter of me learning that i just need to come to god and say hey i want Mm. you i you know I invite you into my yeah. life, you know. As you say to people, it's so simple, mm. such a simple prayer. It's not yeah. like it's got to be done a special mm. way.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and so um, that's why I love um, the church that I'm in. That that's one of their absolutes that yes. you always do a call for salvation, even if you know everybody in the room. Yeah. And I believe that people can have encounters with God. Yeah. And and we need to be able to take them to that to that next step
2: mm. you know definitely
1: um so that was that was my um major encounter with god and that is how i become saved wow. and um but like i say to people that put me on the starting block
2: it's yeah. only the start that's eh? the you know people yeah. think yeah.
1: salvation's the journey ger- as the as that moment that's the whole book no it's the first chapter yes Yes. Yes. but no (laughs) no it's not it just puts you on this on the you know on the starting block really and connects you (laughs) with you know a a god that loves you and puts everything in Mm. place for you to now start walking into life and so it took me years to recover Mm. that which i'd lost when i was a child Mm. yeah like there's some things that can happen instantly
2: yeah
1: um but, you know, like, I had issues believing that God could really love me because I felt like mm. my mum and dad were meant to, that because they yeah. had so much dysfunction in my life. I know now as an adult that they did, mm. but they just didn't know how to yeah. show yeah. that. And so um, for years I would I would be thinking, oh, you know, I'd still went to church, I still loved God, I'd done all those things, but there were times when I'd just get hit with, you know, how can God love me? Because mm. yeah. he knows everything about me mm. he knows absolutely everything about me he knows the things that have happened to me how could he mm. possibly love me when other people would turn away yeah. that's in my you know mm-hmm. the dialogue that you yeah. have. and so it um i can remember being at a youth camp youth camps were just amazing in those days we'd have hours of worship yeah. things happening all over the place people get touched by God someone would be crying over here someone over here would be you know like everyone having different experiences within yeah. what yeah. was going on and I was in a recognised now that I, it was depression I was probably suffering but didn't recognise it then and um they was a an call and I thought oh, I'm not going to go what's What's the point of responding and someone came up to me and they says oh, God just wants me to tell you that he loves you. Now that's just oh. such a imp- small yeah. statement, but if God ever tells you to tell somebody that,
2: do it. Yeah.
1: Do it, even if you think, of course, they know he loves you. Mm. Because the reality was, is those words, I always think that people forget that the prophetic or anything that God's given you to give to somebody are the containers. Mm. Mm-hmm. They carry an anointing, they carry a grace, they carry something. Yeah. They're not just yeah. words. And when you yeah. give them, there's something that comes with them. Mm. It's not just you know. You understand my I like name? that. Yeah, you, the it's words cont- they like holds, a container. It yeah. holds. Like when God's saying He loves somebody, it's containing His love.
0: Yeah,
1: you know. And it's like when you say it, you're pouring mm-hmm. yeah. that out on a person. And I can remember sitting there, and that's when I got a revelation that God loved me, and no one can talk me out of it now. You cannot mm. talk me out of the fact that God loves me, wow. because. Um, the reality was I wasn't responding to him.
2: Mm.
1: I was being miserable and getting caught up mm. in how I felt. Mm-hmm. But I didn't respond to him. Other people responded to him and were getting touched by God. Mm. I was being stubborn sitting in my own seat. Yeah. But yeah, he, it was like he stepped from that altar mm. and he stepped up to me.
0: Yeah, he came wow. to you. Yeah, yeah and said, cool. I love you. It's amazing, and
1: that was when I that that really changed my life. That revelation that God <laughs> loves me, mm-hmm. and if you think when you look through, because I've been a Christian for it, since I was sixteen, um, there's steps like that all along. Yeah, I look at the goodness of God, and He steps you through all along. Mm. And I was just talking to someone the other day, and I said, I think one of the things that saddens me about Christianity now is when I say to some people, what was your last intimate conversation with God?
2: Mm.
1: Because we used to always have, like the altar was a big thing, come mm. and lay down your stuff at the altar, yeah. you know? It was it was thing, and, and asking words like, Lord, what do you want me to lay down? Mm. What do you want me to pick up? Mm. Um, you know, I want to be more like you. They were heartfelt
2: yeah.
1: um, words and coming to him because it was all about relationship. I think now, because we have all the bells and the whistles and the yes. zings and mm-hmm. all that, we can sometimes miss those moments.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: I say to people, if you had any alter conversations, mm. which, you know, we should be, even after all these years, God still mm. will re- will show me
2: something and say, yeah. you know,
1: like if I react to something, mm. I'm now in the habit of saying, Holy Spirit, why, why did I react like that? Yeah. What, what caused that reaction?
0: Yeah. There's something. It's like in a. Something
1: that's caused that. It's what not only it?
0: just talking to an invisible person, but it's having an uh, authentic authenticity behind your words that mm. he's right there with you.
2: Mm. Yes.
0: And yeah. it's very easy to get religious and mm. say things out loud and, be, and almost tick the box, you know, mm. like, okay, mm. yeah, I prayed today. Mm. But it's really taking that intention going, who am I praying to? Yeah. and he's right here, mm. like he is right yeah. here, yeah, and that authenticity, engaging your heart mm. that changes everything that changes the prayer that changes the way that you start to think yes. that changes the way that you look at people, mm. your response you start to respond rather than react. yes, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good, but you're right, I think today it's getting harder and harder. To grasp that authenticity, because we're almost numb with cell phones and things like that. Mm, Communications yeah. become a numb thing, and we
1: become mothers. Martha's in a lot of ways, like we yeah. click to tick everything off,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's
1: right. Instead of forget what's important. Uh, yeah, instead of yeah. sitting at his feet, and you yeah. know, I'm not, I'm not just not getting, I'm anyone. not disliking Martha's because. I have to have some Martha in my life to be able to do the job that I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But at the start of the year, I felt God really challenged me. Yeah. Make sure that you protect Mary as -hmm. well. Make sure that the Mary part of your relationship Mm -hmm. with God, because God is, there is tasks. like Absolutely. mm -hmm. Yeah. even leading up to the cross all the things that had to be ticked off yeah yeah, yeah. to you know and when you yeah. look at the at the tabernacle there's structure
2: mm-hmm. you yeah, know there's, so there's order. so th- yeah. it's
1: not like it's unholy mm. yeah. there's order and stuff but mm. we have to make sure that we also protect yeah. the other side of just sitting and just Absolutely. because that's where all my things come from was by just sitting with him and getting mm. a revelation
2: mm hmm
1: because once I got over that, my next thing was that, of course, when you've gone through some of the things that I've gone through, you can easily get to a sense of feeling like you're robbed mm. and um, and God had shown me some things, and I got to a place one day and I just I just got aggressive, and I just I just went up. I just got aggressive with the enemy, so instead of talking to God, I just turned it to the enemy, and mm. I said, "Enemy, you have robbed me for way too long." Mm. For things that happened in the past Things that should never have been You have robbed me And mm. I am going to draw a line in the sand And I refuse to let you Rob me anymore mm. And then John 10 10 became my thing That God, He's given us, he's given us life and life abundantly mm. mm-hmm. Because when you've been through A lot of things for You people who have been through some stuff <laughs> 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 You know we get into People say oh you're a survivor To me that's not a good thing Because if I have been a victim of stuff happening and then I slip into Survivor, that's great. That's one of the steps we need to take, and Mm -hmm. I'm not disking that at all. But don't stay stuck Mm -hmm. in Survivor because when you're in Survivor, if you have a bad day, or someone says something hurtful, or mm. a trigger happens, then you slip back into victim. Mm.
2: Mm.
1: So we need to, we've got to get from survivor into life and life abundantly, yeah. Yeah, to and we've got to be able to get and yeah, being the victim, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. because otherwise we, we will,
0: yeah, yeah. There's a I I always forget who who says this, but, um, only God can turn a mess into a message, Mm. a Mm. test into a testimony Mm. and a victim into a victor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think there's one more that I can't remember, Mm. but Mm. it's, it's true. You know, like it's so easy to sit, uh, like you said, you, you, you survived it and, and you're almost like fragile Mm. at that point, but Mm. it's not that you're fragile, it's that you're strong. And we we say this a couple of times on the podcast, there's this ancient Japanese tradition, um, and you might have heard of it, where they they have a vase and it breaks, and then they... Re, loved they to be put to it do back together with the gold <laughs> and it's stronger. Yeah. Yes. So like yes. When, if, when they try to break it like it, the gold absorbs the like it's it's harder to break, it's more yes. resilient, it's yeah. more beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so god uses those trials, uses those uh, tribulations that we go through yes. and seals it with gold. That's why I yeah. really like that song, Gold, um by Hillsong Oh, right. Um yeah. Uh but it's so good, like, God is a restorer, but not only a restorer, so, because restoring is something like, you sort of bring back what you lost, back to, mm-hmm. Yes, but it's more than then that, he's yeah, more he than bring, that. Yes. not only restores what is his lost, his
1: idea of restoration is different than ours,
0: yeah, yeah it's not, yeah. bring it back to the norm, it's over and above yes. what we had, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. that's so true, If if it's just back to the norm, God's probably mm-hmm. hasn't finished yet. No, no, the good news God hasn't finished with us yet. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm quite happy about that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. So, yeah, that was a major uh, revelation. Yes. And, that's awesome. and And so from then I started to seek to figure out why. Why was I stuck in the spot? You know, like Mm. I decided I wasn't going to go back, but how, what was Mm. my way forward? Mm. You know, some things can happen miraculously in his presence, but not always. Sometimes Mm. it's, you know, it's like God buries the treasure and he wants us to dig for it because when we come out the other end, we're going to be richer for it. And um, so the, and I'd go to, I'd go to pastors, I'd go to people and they'd say, oh, you need to read your Bible more and you need to pray more. Mm. So then, of course, you start reading your Bible more, and you start praying more, and you're still depressed. Mm. Yeah. And so you, and then you've got to be careful that that doesn't spiral, which it didn't for me because I had a revelation God loved me. But a lot mm. of people do. They take it back to, well, God doesn't care about me. Mm. Yeah. I'm spending more time, you know, in the yeah. had more time with him, and nothing's happening. And so that's when I came across the scripture about renewing your mind. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: what I realized was the key. Yeah. Because even though I had been saved. I still had the same reaction when a drunk person walked in the room as what I had before I was saved. Mm. Because my mind and everything had been wired mm. to think that way. So for all those years, yeah. things you've been told, mm. experiences you've been through, they shape how you respond mm. and yeah. how you react to things. Mm. So you've actually got to start replace. It's, it's a journey that yeah. you have to start yeah. to start replacing those things. Yeah. So for me fear was a big thing. Scared of everything. Yeah. Never had any fun because i was scared of everything. Yeah. You know? Um, no, I'm not going to do that because it could be scary. And you know, all those yeah. kind of things like no, I don't want to walk home in the dark, you know. That's yeah. too scary. Yeah. Um, so fear really ruled my life and thinking about how other people would want me to react. Mm. Um, those kind of things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so so what I learned was that the word of God the Bible mm. is not just a collection of books and verses, which I was told to read. What I needed to do was I needed to find the medication that was in there. Yeah. So when you've got something wrong with your body, you go to a doctor, they write mm. out a prescription,
2: mm.
1: you know, give you antibiotics. And they say, to you, you've got to take these antibiotics for a certain amount of time. You mm-hmm. don't take one and then, it, and then you cure it. You have to take.
2: Yeah. yeah. So
1: that's how I see the word of God. Yeah. So there that's are cool. scriptures in there that I have to apply for, for certain... my life.
0: Yes, Heart, so, so for like life. for fear. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: The script, you know you can almost think God is not giving me a spirit of fear.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Um. So it was almost like my s- subscription that I remember um, prescription that I needed to take whenever fear mm. tried to overtake me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would have to start saying to myself,
0: "God has not given me a spirit of fear." Mm. Just,
1: the Bible is powerful. It the is. Words yeah. are powerful. This is not. Something that's just printed on a page. There's
0: a very good app that's describing the way that you do your Bible. It's called Shut Up Devil. Yes, yeah, I've
1: recommended app. that to a lot of yeah, people, and I listening. say to them, "Yes, exactly." So if you have anxiety, you have depression, you have fear, you have all those things. It has the, it has the scriptures in it, yeah. and then it has a prayer that you can pray. But what I'd say to you is, you need to say it.
2: Yeah, yeah out loud out loud because mm-hmm.
1: yeah. when you're going through turmoil in your head and you're trying to think a scripture it doesn't work you mm-hmm. need to actually say it out loud mm. so when i first started i had to use that scripture all the time
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know is it, do, god has not given us a spirit of fear but one of a sound power, mind power, love, yeah. and a sound mind yeah. 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 yeah yeah that's right yeah. yeah
1: and so um so what i found was instead of reading Chapters and verses, which is what I was told to do, I needed to find the scriptures mm. that were dealing with issues in my life. Mm. And I needed to change my thinking. Mm. So it takes time to change your thinking so, yeah. that, so that when it happened, you would go to what God said. Yeah. Not what your experiences were, not what your little yeah. five year old mind would tell you to do, which happens a lot if you've been through any trauma. Mm. You know, you're back mm-hmm. to being you're just seeing that at times. You're mm. looking at a grown man, you think you're acting like you're twelve. Mm. You know, and then you find out that something traumatic happened back there in twelve. So yeah. he, he may be thirty, but when he's dealing with this he's mm. Yeah. It's like talking to a twelve year old because we've created
2: Yeah. Mm
1: these mind and this track of thinking.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: so um that's
2: renewing so your
1: mind is something that is so, so valuable yeah. for it's changing like, your life. Um,
0: rewiring your brain, isn't it? it? Is. Like you have mm. to almost do this new Yes uh, process more often yes. than your old ways. Like change your thinking mm. so many times mm. so that that's your natural a uh, yes. natural reaction is to yes. go to that new way and speak those scriptures. Just yes. You know, live your life Probably, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: You know, and some people say, oh, it takes so long, but it does sometimes yeah. to change that thinking. Now, I don't have to quote that scripture to myself anymore because that's how, yeah.
0: you it's know, how wired. it's
1: how I'm wired. So, yep. you know, in my toolkit now I've got, you know, I've got that. I, I've had that revelation that God loves me that no one can talk me out of. So you start building up a bit mm. of a toolkit yeah. of God showing you different things along so
2: the way.
0: Good. And so... Um, now that advice right there is so powerful for right now, mm. as yeah. we, especially with the pandemic that's just happened, you've got all these people, in, and mm. you know you might be listening on the podcast right now, and and mm-hmm. God's attack, uh, God's acted in your life, and you thought that it's been an attack or something like that, but it's it's God giving you almost it's not like a trial, I suppose, but it's, it's, you know, if some of these things in our life never happened, we might never be able to push yes. in mm. to go. Yeah, I call it interval training. Yeah. You know, interval training builds
1: endurance yeah. Yeah. and stamina. That's good. And, and, and like even people now, I talk to Christians, and they're like, the race has changed. Yeah. It's not what I thought it was. The world has mixed everything up. Yeah. Um, you know are we going in end times are we you know you can hear mm. all the mm. thing and you know what I'm saying to them hey you're race fit mm. he's been he's been doing interval training with you for a yeah. long time mm. and I think we have to learn that especially yeah. if you've got kids um, I had to learn that as a pastor that if I try and help if I remove a situation from someone I'm pastoring like totally remove it have I stopped some growth that God wanted to happen? Yeah. Because they were going to need it
0: up That's good. here. Yeah. yeah. You
1: know, am I failing them by mm. saying, oh, yeah, I could solve that problem? We could yeah. do this, this, and this, mm. instead of just being supportive, yeah. Yeah. cheering them on, yeah. Yeah. you know, that kind of thing, so that they have to walk through it. Yeah. And it strengthens them for the next time. Yeah. yeah. Are we doing a disservice? And then when they get to a place where it's something that I can't rescue them from, same as your kids, if I can't rescue them from it, but God's been trying to build some interval training and some stamina so that they
0: could shine in this moment,
1: but I have actually stunted Hmm. their growth. Yeah.
0: Well, doesn't it say, count it all as joy? You know, all those... Trials and hard times. Mm. It's going to grow you. It's going to make. And of course, none of us want them. No, (laughs) but it does. It does. Um,
1: It does grow you. Yeah, you know. And so um, that's what we have to (laughs) we have to think about. Yeah, you know. And and God's God's a you know like amazes me sometimes. And I think, how did God know?
0: Yeah,
1: that I was going to. Which of course He does. Yeah, because He can see the whole picture. But you think, oh. So when I went through that and that and that and that, yeah. mm-hmm. that means now I can walk through this, <laughs>
2: yeah. and
1: it's not going to take me out. It's not going to. Yeah. I'm not going to lose my salvation. I'm. I'm able to be give strength to other people. Yeah. Um. Those kind of things. But if mm. I hadn't have gone through that, mm. then I've got nothing in the.
0: In well, the tank if you're yeah. on your what's, toolkit what's yeah. more powerful in my mind especially as a pastor you got all these people with all these you know they will probably come to you left right and center all, all day long with with some issues that they've got 24 hours a day seven days a week but how powerful is it when you sit down and you say I can relate mm. that's powerful yeah. now if you lived in a world covered in bubble wrap and never went through any trials, you can't say those words. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I always say to people, if you haven't been through a hard time, it's time you got out of your room. Because <laughs> you obviously haven't been out of your room. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? And then when it comes to this fast-paced time where we've got stuff happening all over the place and you've got voices screaming yeah. at you and everything,
2: yeah,
1: how, how do you, you know, in the old days they used to say, well, how are you going to, um, there's a scripture about... Um, not being able to keep up with the footman. So how are you going to keep up with the, yeah. with the horses? You know, and we always used to get told that when we were younger and I never could figure out what it meant. You know? <laughs> but um, yeah, God strengthens us. And, and, and the reality is, is that God graces us when we go through something. Mm. And everyone goes like, I don't understand that. But that's because you haven't felt the grace because you're not walking through that. Mm. You know, you look at people sometimes, you know, it's like Jose and Melissa when they walked through with Eli and the cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you see, God graced them
2: yeah.
1: for that time. Mm. And other parents would be looking at them and go, how, did, how do they keep it together?
2: Mm. Yeah. You know,
1: how are they doing this? Which is what the testimonies we've heard, you know, yeah. people looking and going, how did they, mm. you know, can't seem to come through that so well? Um, but the mm. reality is, is that you're, I mean, God's not mean. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. <laughs> he, he knows what he, he's doing. He, he he's never going to give you so much that you're going to fall to pieces. Yes, you know. It
1: may it's... feel like it at times.
0: And sometimes I love the quote: um, "If life's getting too heavy, fall to your knees." Yeah.
2: You know, yeah, it's like good,
0: sometimes yeah. God's wanting—not that He's piling up so mm. much stuff, but. Mm. It's a reminder that we should remain dependent on God and yes. not try yeah. and carry everything yes. ourselves. Exactly.
1: Yeah. exactly. And sometimes yeah. he puts running mates with us, like when you're talking about running this race. Yeah. Mm. You know, um, he's designed us to all need each other.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. and um, so always look at that and I'm like, you know, who's your running mate? Yeah. You're yeah. running through this, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and sometimes the power of just being there, even if you're a running mate, but you don't totally understand, but you're there.
2: Yeah. You're yeah. just
1: there. They know you're there. You know, you're not like Job's friends and giving them 101,000 pieces of advice, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but you're there. You're yeah. just the presence of being. Yeah. That's so and sometimes cool. that's
2: all you need. Um, yeah,
1: because sometimes yeah. you go into situations, you don't know what to say. Someone's yeah. lost a yeah. child or something like that. And you try to think f- of words. And usually if you've got to try and think of words, you end up saying the wrong thing. Something yeah. dumb, Sometimes yeah. they they don't need the words from you. They just need
2: you know, just yeah. Need them to someone. be there. Yeah. Mm.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, and yeah. also admitting I don't know what to say is sometimes more powerful than trying to find I think it yeah. does too. something to say. Oh,
1: it's <laughs> nothing worse than when you're going through something really painful and someone says, "Oh, I know what you mean," and they come up with a story, and you're like, "What? <laughs> uh, <yeah>. What? <laughs> you know, you'd be better off to say look yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, I, c- I can't understand what you're going through.'"
0: Yeah, I lost. Oh you know, I, well, I, I once see, lost like, a goldfish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can acknowledge I see you're in I know you're in pain,
1: yeah. you know. Um yeah. but I'm just gonna be here. If there's yeah. anything you want from me, I'm here.
0: Yeah. 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 Which That's is something so I
1: wished I learned years ago. It's taken me a while to learn that because 'cause I'm a person who likes to bring comfort and peace. Yeah. yeah. So I've yeah. probably said some wrong things in the past.
0: <laughs> oh we're all learning, eh? We are Even perfect pastors. Or, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, is there a perfect pastor? Uh, <laughs> I think if you're thinking you're perfect,
1: maybe you shouldn't be a pastor.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> no, good. Um, so, uh, at what point did you become a pastor or did you want to leave that for another time?
1: Oh, well, we became part, We were asked to um, go and start our takeover like a small group that had formed in Tiana. Okay. Um, we were in our early 20s, so we've been pastoring for, what, maybe 35 years? Yeah, wow.
0: Something like that. That's a good amount.
1: A long time. Apologies to all those people we practiced on when we started. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: the guinea pigs.
1: <laughs> um, yes, and I went into that a bit kicking and screaming, Um because obviously, my obviously it was very obviously that Daryl had a call on his life, mm-hmm. sure, yeah, um, and um, me being fearful and having to work through some of the things that I've talked about. Actually, as a pastor's wife, um, where people have got an expectation that you are perfect mm. and that your children are perfect, and um, don't do that to your pastors, people—they're humans like you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> true
1: Uh, (laughs) and um yeah and i was always hiding behind daryl like even physically if he was standing up somewhere i'd always be i wouldn't stand beside him i'd stand just behind behind him him. um and i always done that. and then god um when i first got saved i was asked i first got saved what i wanted to do and i said i wanted to be a pastor really and back then we didn't have woman pastors yeah. We had people who were pastors' wives oh, yeah. that their ministry was to support their husband. They didn't do anything in church or anything. Not oh, like now. Now's mm. you girls, you girls have got it so good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. uh, and um, and I said I wanted to be a pastor, but obviously everything I had to walk through um, took a while. And um, it's like it's like God, God orchestrated it because Daryl was also truck driving. As yeah. well as pastoring, and we'd have something scheduled, and Daryl would be caught way up the road trying to load a tractor on, and he'd be hours away, and then I would have to step forward oh. and do hmm. stuff like yeah. forced to step ahead into yeah, uh, yeah. it. And then, um, and then I ended up, I had to become the worship leader,
2: oh, wow. um,
1: and things like this. It was like God just decided.
2: Yeah, pushing
1: you, pushing you forward, making you do. Someone snoring. If you hear that noise, I have a granddaughter asleep on my knee, and that noise is snoring. (laughs) 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 So that's how we became pastors.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. So it's it's, that's cool because you you had Darrell who. You were, you. I mean, you're right. There's, there's no other profession that he would be as good as he is in. Yeah. Um, than, Some people think pastor. that he's a
1: radio announcer because
0: of his voice. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> but.
0: Maybe. uh yeah. I think man, he is. His is so uh, easy to spot. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that you were able, like. You, you had that mindset that you are going to support your husband yep. in any way, any, any way mm. possible anyway, mm. and that happened to be pastoring. Mm. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And
1: that's the thing, because sometimes people, like I know churches that just employ the husband, and then, of course, the bonus is they get the wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but some denominations, when I've talked to women, I can tell they've got a ministry on their life, yeah. but because of the denomination they're in, there's they are pastors' wives, and then I know people that they are pastors' wives, they don't want to do anything yeah. public or in the church. They feel that that mm. is the and neither are wrong, mm.
0: Mm. Yeah. they are what are you called to do. Yeah, it's between do what it. Holy Spirit is telling you to do, yeah, yeah. be obedient, and yeah. whatever that is. And yeah. it really does look different in each person it does i mean romans talks about that really clearly about the different conviction that each Mm. person Mm. will have to not Mm. judge each other by Mm. their individual convictions Mm. i think he's talking about eating meat and stuff like that but he's using that as a scope between all things that the holy spirit's telling each of us to do if you feel convicted about it then don't do it and and don't judge other people if they are doing it because they don't have the conviction Mm. so Mm. it's like Whatever you do, the golden rule is: listen to the Holy Spirit, and yep. don't try and listen to somebody else. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> listen to the Holy exactly. Spirit through your ears only. You know, and
1: God doesn't. And God doesn't make mistakes. I can remember someone coming yeah. to church once, and he said, oh, I'm not, um, I'm not happy because you have a woman who preaches in the church, and um, women were allowed to teach children's church." Oh, in yeah. his brain but not church, which is oh, ridiculous wow. because to me, children's church and adult church is exactly the same. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know,
1: you are preaching the gospel, but yeah. you just bring it down to a level for kids to
0: understand. Yeah. Um,
1: it's not a lesser thing
0: yeah. Yeah. at all. No. To be honest, you at probably all. should teach the kids stuff at the adult stuff because sometimes it's too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 true. Nah. Um,
2: and,
1: and, and I can remember getting quite indignant thinking, oh, so you think that I've got gifts on my life that Mm. God's accidentally given to me. He's Mm. like, oh, so her name's Roberta. Oh, sorry, I thought she was Robert, you know, (laughs) so I put all this stuff on her. But, you know, she's Roberta. I better take it off, you know. Um, Because in the old days there was the big fight, um, you know, between different thinking about whether a woman could actually be a pastor or not, you know. Wow. Um, So. Amazing. There weren't many,
0: so, many
1: women who were actually called pastors.
0: How long did it take you to to get from, so were you ever a pastor's wife or you always stepped into a I pastor? felt
1: that God always called me to be a pastor, mm-hmm. but I chose mm. Me personally, to be a pastor's wife because it was more comfortable for me. Right. It didn't stretch yeah. me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I had things I was working through. I didn't want to feel like a fraud.
0: And um, you knew your ultimate purpose.
1: That I knew. Made. and Because yeah, God told me, like I said, when I first got saved, yeah. first thing, what do you want to do in God? I said, I want to be a pastor. Mm. And that was before I knew the limitations because I hadn't been yeah. brought up in the church world. Yeah. yeah. So if I had had made my decision... With being in the church world, maybe I'd been brought up in church and then just made a commitment. Mm. I would never, mm. um, I would have just never thought that I could be a pastor. Mm.
0: So were you just kind of like suppressing that conviction almost or like that pull because you didn't want to step out?
1: Um. I think I think the fear that was on my mm. life that I needed to walk through and I also think that you end up with a purpose mm. and you end up with something like I know what my purpose is now. Mm. I know that, I know my conviction is, uh, my values are that I don't like seeing anybody being robbed. Mm. Because I was robbed for so long. So Mm. everything I preach, I found, everything that I preach, everything I do, all, if you trace it back, all goes back to that thing. Mm. So when I'm preaching, I'm either trying to show people what they can have. So that they're aware that they're being robbed Mm -hmm. or I'm showing them where they're being robbed all those Mm. kind of things. And I think that God had to take me through that process Mm. before I actually had a message. Mm. So the timing was probably perfect as he walked me through it. And put me in a position where I got stretched occasionally so that I had to come out of... Yeah. You know, and and praise God that I married a guy like Daryl because you know Daryl has. If you ask Daryl, we're not there, we're not here as husband and wife to compete against each other. Mm. We're here to compliment each other. And yeah. so, if I preach and someone says, whoa, Daryl, Daryl Roberts' preaching was better than yours this week," he doesn't get upset about it. He's like, you know, hey, it's happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. There's no, yeah. so he he never held me back. Yeah. Yeah. He always supported me and And, of course, when we came and were part of city impact, Bev was a perfect example of um you know because she was one of the leaders in the early days that that would have helped mm. um the woman today be able to get into the pulpit mm-hmm. like Absolutely. they can because back in her day it would have been a fight for yeah. her to be seen yep. as a pastor wow. so they they mm. that um age group um sort of done the um Claimed that for the woman today that can just easily call themselves a pastor, be in full-time ministry, stand up there and preach, and it not be. Um, So I probably had the combination of a couple of things that were helped set it up, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. 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 Oh,
0: that's awesome. Wow. Um, And do you have any advice for, you know, anybody listening uh, with, I'm going to go with being robbed. You know, uh, if you felt that the devil had taken something yeah. from from your yeah. life, what do what do they do? In that sense, when that when right. how do you restore that? And also, if they feel like they're being ignored um, right. by God, how do they? You know, we can affirm that God won't be ignoring them, but yes, yeah, what would yeah. Some advice for yeah. that be?
1: I think there's a few things that you have to look at because when you're feeling robbed, at, and um, that you can go into um, almost an anger, because um, to feel the the sadness of it, if you've been through something, to feel the sadness of it just feels unbearable. So normally, you'll find that someone who feels they've really been robbed can be quite angry and quite defensive.
2: Mm.
1: Not everybody, um, and so I think I think the thing is is that. Um, that sometimes separates them sometimes from people who can actually walk beside them. Mm. So like, um, for me, I had to find the right people to walk beside. Um, not everybody knows all my story. Nobody probably knows all my story. Um, because I want to honor some people because I've been able to forgive them and I want to keep the honor, mm. um, going if you understand that. <laughs> so I probably had to work through the forgiveness, um, and if someone has really, really hurt you, I want you to understand that forgiveness does not always mean restoration. I think it's a thing that stops a lot of people because if somebody has come in and abused you or done anything like that, forgiving them doesn't mean you can, you open the door for them to come back in. Mm. Forgiving them is all about you walking free. Mm. Um, it's about you maybe being able to see them on the street and... Um, give them a quick wave <laughs> kind of thing but it doesn't mean that they need to come back into your life mm. um because i find a lot of people when they have been robbed by someone they continually open themselves up to being robbed because they seem to think they have to have restoration to fix it
0: would you say right. like forgive but not forget in that sense
1: i i think in some ways you need to forget because it ignores it at yeah. you mm. okay but yeah. i would say forgive But put in a God boundary. Okay. You know, if someone came in and beat your kid up, you wouldn't be inviting them to come back to your house the next day, would you?
2: Yeah. You know, even if they're standing there saying, sorry, sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. You, you, um, if they haven't repented. Yeah. And they haven't walked through it in Mm -hmm. God, if they have, it's a completely different thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but if they haven't, don't, uh, don't open up. Your life I think you have to be careful That you're not carrying things I didn't realise for a long time That I was carrying shame And the Holy Spirit showed me The exact time that shame came upon me And and it was like a weight um, Which for me The key I've found Is the garment of praise For the spirit of heaviness Mm. Replacing it with that garment um, That garment of praise So I think sometimes You need to do a study um, Because Jesus didn't just Die for our sins he took our sin and our shame. Mm. Mm. And that's really important. And you can see that he carried shame. You think about it. You know, you're stripped down to nothing. Yeah, yeah. You are dying the most shameful death mm. that you could ever
2: yeah.
1: die. And he'd done that so he could take our sin and he could take our shame. Mm. Yeah. So, um being able to, let like I just talked about renewing your mind, if you feel shame or you feel less than because of something that someone has done to you in the past, mm. um, it's important to take those scriptures mm. about him carrying our shame and yeah. you start meditating on them. Mm. To me, it's starting to meditate on those areas. And I tell you, you can trust your life with God. And I have learned over time, the Holy Spirit, if you're really asking, he answers. He Mm. actually does. Mm. He actually does. So um, renewing your mind would probably be the most important thing if you have been hurt.
0: Oh, wow. Thank you, Pastor Abeda. That's really powerful. Um, Yeah, I think we're going to have to get you back on at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jesus Magnet Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And um, be sure to stay tuned for more. And find us on on Facebook and Instagram. And follow us along. We're currently on the road right now. And uh, we're just in Invercargill. So if you want to share your story, get in touch with us. We would love to hear it. And we'll see you next time on the Jesus Magnet Podcast.